This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture that was read, which came from the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter, and the 21 through to the 24th verses, read as follows. And I want you to listen to the scripture as I read it in the context of what I'm talking about, about this idea of if you knew that tomorrow was going to produce something horrific, would you still make the choice today? The 21st verse reads, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Here it is. Whoever wants to be my disciple." must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So after the disciples began to understand that Jesus was indeed the Christ, and after he began to teach them about the cross, Peter rambunctiously declared that surely the Christ cannot die. The Christ, the Messiah of God, was seen as the liberator of the Jews and the one who would redeem Israel from all her enemies. So surely the Christ cannot die. Peter's perspective is the idea that the Messiah would dominate and inaugurate Israel's national political hope. And since they were convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, the revelation of his death was a baffling and seriously blatant contradiction of their hopes. This view of the Messiah, brothers and sisters, by the way, is the singular reason why Jews of today cannot accept Jesus' claim as Messiah. For as far as they are concerned, Messiah cannot die, and definitely not at the hands of men. But the text directly points to the matter of commitment. But beyond mere commitment, it also demonstrates an uncanny willingness on the part of Jesus to still go. And with this in mind, I want to speak a message I've titled today quite simply, For All of Us, Show Up. Show Up. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you now for the preaching hour. We thank you for all that we have seen, all that we have heard, all that we have sung and all that we have experienced. Now today, Lord, in this moment, we need to experience you even more. Yes. So speak to us, Lord, and help us to have an encounter with you today 
that will not only drive us to being who you've called us to be, but to drive us to a greater sense of commitment in you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you may be familiar with the story of the chicken and the pig. <laughs> if not, here's how it goes. A pig and a chicken were walking down the road. As they passed a church, they noticed that there was a potluck charity breakfast underway. Caught up in the spirit and the excitement, the pig suggested to the chicken that they each make a contribution. Great idea, the chicken said. Let's offer them ham and eggs. Not so fast, said the pig. For you, that's just a contribution. But for me, it's a total commitment. Basically, the story highlights the difference between a decision and a commitment. While both require that you make some kind of choice, followed by some kind of action, the consequence of each has very different implications. Let's begin first by looking at a decision. A decision is a choice made between two or more alternatives which are designed to benefit the one making the decision. To be more specific, a decision is passing judgment on something based on a set of perceived benefits that you're going to get. My brothers and sisters, what I'm basically saying is you can't make a decision about anything unless you believe that in some way, shape, or form is going to benefit you in some way. We are inherently selfish. If I choose to go with you down the road because you say come with me, in the back of my mind, when I say yes, I think there's something I'm going to get out of it. Every one of us, whenever we make a decision, at some point, whether we're conscious of it or not, we are in the back of our minds thinking that somehow, some way, this is going to benefit me. It's not more complicated than that. A commitment, on the other hand, is an engagement or an obligation that is made, that here it is, that actually restricts freedom of action. Once you make a commitment, it restricts what you do. Once you commit, you cannot take it back. And if you are able to take it back, then it means you never made a commitment in the first place. This difference is no clearer seen than perhaps in the failure rate of marriages in the United States. According to statistics, at least 50% of all marriages end in divorce. The reason for this is that many couples make a decision to get married instead of making a commitment to be married. Yeah. <laughs> Every person who got married made a decision. They stood before the preacher, made promises and recited vows. They kissed each other and walked away hoping to live happily ever after, but sadly and far too often never together. They made a good decision, but stopped just short of making a commitment to each other. The same is true for the church. The reason that the church is not having more of an impact in society is that many church members make a decision to believe Christ but did not make a commitment to follow him. 
So what really is the difference between a decision and a commitment, my brothers and sisters, in a word, is sacrifice. That's the difference. Sacrifice. In our text, Jesus is having a very emotional conversation with his disciples. You know them, disciples. The one that made a decision to follow him. Now, I said that carefully. You know the disciples. They made a decision to follow him. And in our text, Jesus predicts his imminent suffering and death in Jerusalem. He knew that this decision, this choice to go up to Jerusalem was going to result in his suffering and death. Jesus knew the outcome of his decision. And because he made the choice to go anyway, Jesus had moved from a decision to a commitment. Jesus was saying, Father, I know what you want for them. Father, I know what I mean to you. Father, I know what's best for me. Father, I trust your plan. Father, I care for the things you care for. Father, there is no turning back. Father, I am committed. Father, I am ready even to the death. This is the preeminent work of Jesus Christ. Not so much his powerful works and his miracles. Not his ministry among the Jews of Galilee or in Judah. But his death on the cross. Jesus knew the outcome. Jesus knew that it would not be pleasant. Jesus knew how awful it would be. But he made the same choice anyway. Which is the question I asked in the beginning. If you knew that the choices and the decision you make today would result in a horrific outcome tomorrow, would you still make that choice today? Jesus didn't shy away from his responsibilities. He stuck it through because his word was his bond. Mm -hmm. How about you? How about me? What are we really committed to? What are we willing to pay any cost for. Now, I'm not asking you to answer the question. I'm just simply saying, think about it. Because there are some things in your lives that you have made a decision to do, and there are other things in your lives that you have made a commitment to. I know these are hard questions, but the truth is, it is only you who can answer them for yourself. And especially hard when you consider Jesus' words in Luke, the 14th chapter, the 26th verse, where he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Notice that the text says explicitly, cannot be my disciple. But in our focus text, there is something very specific I want to highlight. And in verse 24, this is what it says again. Going back to verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Y'all know the text. Whoever chooses to be my disciple must first deny themselves, take up their cross, 
and follow me. These are not my words, church. These are Jesus' words. Very often we hear messages that would imply that this verse means to tough it out. Or simply carry your burden. I mean, it's appropriate and it's legitimate, but there's a deeper meaning to what Jesus has told these disciples. And the first word that we need to look at in this text is where it says, whoever. The very clear implication here is that there's a choice to be made. It is not a mandate for everyone who happens to believe or chooses to become a member of a church. The whoever here is directly and specifically related to the member who chooses of their own free will to become a disciple. It is a specific role and a very specific choice, and it comes at a tremendous cost. That cost, Jesus tells us, is the decision to deny yourself, deny your own rights and your privilege, deny your own entitlement, deny your own luxuries, deny your own affections and your own advantages, even deny your own life. It is a decision to lose everything that you hold dear in the hopes that others may benefit. It is a sacrifice that demands that you show up. But the second thing that stands out is where it says to take up one's cross. In the context of Jesus' appeal here, no one is going to take up a cross, hear me church, that they do not expect to be nailed to. Do you hear what I just said? No one is going to take up a cross that they don't expect to be nailed to. If you're carrying something today that you believe to be your cross, whatever that thing may be, then what I'm telling you is that you must be willing to die on that cross. For if you're not willing to be nailed to that cross and to die on it, then quite frankly, you shouldn't be carrying it. <laughs> For some of us, the cross may be the burden of a difficult marriage. For some of us, the burden, the cross may be the burden of a special needs child. For others, the cross may be the burden of some important relationship. And for burdens or crosses of this nature, you must ask yourself, am I willing to make the commitment to die on this cross? The real question then becomes, is that cross worth it? Is the marriage or the relationship cross worth it? Is the special needs child worth it? See what I'm saying? Because unless you agree that whatever your challenge or your cross is worth it, then you will not die on it. <laughs> Only you know the answer to the questions I'm asking, but make no mistake about it. If you are carrying it, you best be prepared to die on it. For the subsequent tragedy is carrying someone else's cross that you are not willing to die on, yet you still carry. I'm just saying. The bottom line is you must show up with the cross you 
intend to die on. Not somebody else's cross. For Jesus' words are clear. If anyone will come after me, let him first deny himself. Take up whose cross? His cross. And follow me. Jesus walked through the streets of Palestine with a cross on his back, knowing fully well that when this cross finds its place, he will be nailed on it. What will happen to you when your cross finds its place? That, my brothers and sisters, is the cost of your commitment. And for many of us, we've made a lot of decisions, but we are really slow with commitments. Nelson Mandela stands as an iconic figure in black history, and rightfully so. He spent decades in prison for his stance against apartheid in South Africa after being sentenced for treason in the trial of 1964. Facing the death sentence, Nelson Mandela made these words, and I quote, During my lifetime, I have dedicated myself to this struggle of the African people. I have fought against white domination, and I have fought against black domination. I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. Nelson Mandela carried the cross he was willing to die on. Sacrifice. It is the difference between a decision and a commitment. And Nelson Mandela showed up. But lest you misunderstand my point, Jesus was not asking anyone who wishes to be his disciple to just carry any cross. Nope. He wanted anyone who would be his disciples to carry the burden of what it would mean to follow him and his teachings in a world that would reject his message. It is believing and remaining committed to the cause of the kingdom in a world that when you say Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is King and that Jesus died for my sins, it is saying it in a world that would look at you and say, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. To which we have to give a stern rebuke. For while Peter's affectionate utterance was admirable, it was a tool of Satan that Jesus would not allow to distract him. For what Jesus knew and what I want to tell you all to understand is that the cross of Jesus Christ was not an option. Jesus has said, I must go to Jerusalem. In other words, I must show up. Peter says, never, Lord. That could never happen to you. I must show up. How about you? 
I got to do something that's important for the kingdom of God. I must show up. And you have people who are depending on you to be where you say you're going to be because lives are at stake. Somebody's got to get saved, but you feel like I don't have to show up. How is your level of commitment? And again, I'm talking to the church. Because we come here Sunday after Sunday, making sure that in the moment when people feel like they need Jesus, the church is here. Believe me when I tell you, brothers and sisters, COVID taught us a lot of things. Because while many stayed away, there was a remnant that showed up. It was me in the pulpit. First lady on the cameras, Eve on the organ, Nadia in the room, and all of y'all pictures in the pews. Not saying you were not committed. I'm just simply saying to you that if you know that you could die going out of your house to come into this house so that people will benefit would you take the risk? Would you still show up? And even when there's no risk, what a luxury to say I don't have to show up. The cross was not optional. Your faith is not optional. And we depend on you to show up because lives depend on it. Now let me sidebar here for a moment. I got up this morning very upset. I don't know why, but I got up this morning a little upset. And this, let me tell you why I was a little upset. Now, this has nothing to do with my sermon. I'm just going to tell you why I was upset, because I got to get it out of my chest. <laughs> when celebrities go and they get their awards, just a thought. The first thing they say when they get their Grammy or their Academy Award, what do they always say? I want to thank God who's ahead of my life. They all say that, don't they? Y'all yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? I want to first thank God who's ahead of my life. And I don't know why this thought came into my head this morning. But I was thinking about it, Reverend. And I said, God is the head of your life. Now, again, I'm nobody's judge. But if you notice, when celebrities die, they find sometimes the biggest churches to host their services that they may have never, ever given a dollar to or even attended one service. But God is the head of their lives. You hear what I'm saying to you, church? They, they, they have no problem showing up when they need the church. And I thank God for the remnant yes. that makes sure that Sunday after Sunday, the worship team is singing. Sunday after Sunday, the organ is playing. Sunday after Sunday, the preacher is in the pulpit. Sunday after Sunday, someone is able to receive whatever it is when you come broken. Thank God, Sunday after Sunday, somebody shows up so that when all the others who believe that they want the church to be where it is, when they need it, when they're ready to show up, 
that the church is there. Because God is the head of my life. And we, when we're struggling to make ends meet, the God who's the head of your life ain't here with us, but is with you with your Grammy and your Academy Award. I'm just saying, so that's why I was upset this morning. <laughs> I'm just saying, it made me upset. Because we take Jesus for granted. Jesus says, I must go to Jerusalem. It's going to cost me everything, but I must go. Because some celebrity is going to need me to be on my cross. When they get to where they need my cross. People don't need the church until they need the church. So I thank God for the few that shows up. To show up means you don't have an option. To show up means you made a commitment. To show up means it's not about me. And to show up means it's worth it. And even as it relates to our church, you will never feel truly a part of this ministry simply just attending services. You need to get involved. Paul reminds us in Romans, the 12th chapter and the 6th verse, that we all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And ministry means putting those gifts to work. I can't sing like Mijan or Jackie or Andrea or Vernita or Anthony or anybody for that matter. <laughs> I can't sing. But here's what I do know, is that when they sing, and when they show up, the preacher shows up. The part of me shows up for you. So what are you showing up for? Where's your commitment. And again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm simply saying that if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his or her cross, and follow me. We need you to be a part of the church and what the church is doing, not just a spectator. Not everybody can preach. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can ush. But everybody can pray. And everybody can love. And everybody can give. Even if it's just a kind word. Everybody can do something to make sure that Jesus did not die in vain. And that the church will be there for those for whom God is the head of their lives. Amen. I'm just saying. So let me end with this story. From Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard. I love this story. Once upon a time there was a fire in a small town. Some of you may have heard this story before. But it bears repeating in this context. There was a fire in a small town. The fire brigade rushed to the scene. But the firemen were unable to get through to the burning building. The problem why they couldn't get through was the crowd of people 
who had gathered not to watch the fire, but to help to put out the fire. <laughs> they all knew the fire chief well. Their children had climbed over his fire engines during excursions to the fire station, and the friendliness of the fire chief was legendary. So when the fire broke out, the people rushed out to help their beloved firemen. Unfortunately, the town folk were seeking to extinguish this raging fire, this raging inferno with their water pistols. Squirt, 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 squirt. They all stood there from time to time squirting their pistols into the fire while making casual conversation. Squirt, squirt, raging fire. Squirt, squirt, how you doing? What you doing for Thanksgiving? Squirt, 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 squirt with their little fire pistols. The fire chief couldn't contain himself. He started screaming at the townsfolk. What on earth do you all think you are doing? What you're doing with these water pistols cannot put out this raging fire. Now the people realized the urgency of the situation and how they wanted to help the chief, so they started squirting a little bit more. He's mad. So they started squirting even more. Come on, they said to each other. We can all do better, can't we? Squirt, 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 squirt. Squirting to their heart's content. Exasperated, the fire chief yells out again, get out of here. You're achieving nothing except hindering us from doing what needs to be done. We need firemen who are ready to give everything they have got to put out this fire. People willing even to lay down their very lives on the line. This is not the place for squirty contributions. Hear it in your spirits. This is not the place for squirty contributions. We need people committed to the cause. I talked about the vision and the mission of this church. Brothers and sisters, there's a world that's crumbling and dying around us. And our churches and our pews, if people are even there, are filled with a lot of squirting pistols. And not enough fire hoses from committed folk. I hope y'all are hearing what I'm saying. And again, I ain't trying to guilt nobody. I'm just telling you the truth. The point is, if Allen Temple is going to grow and be of even more value to this community, if your relationships are going to grow and be even more value to you and your loved ones, then you need to be far more committed than you are right now. You need to make up in your mind that you will offer yourself without conditions for the benefit of others. This is what is required. And brothers and sisters, there is no turning back. Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And they will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock him and to flog him and to crucify him. But on the third day, on the third day, he will be raised up. Brothers and sisters, 
Jesus knew the outcome. Jesus knew the purpose. Jesus knew the cost. Jesus knew the reward. And Jesus made the commitment. And Jesus showed up. Jesus said, I must go. Which is a roundabout way of saying this is God's will. It was God's will for Jesus to suffer. It was God's will for Jesus to die. But it was God's will for him to be resurrected for your sake and for mine. Making it necessary that he go and show up. And when he showed up, he changed the world forever. So the question is, what about you? For whom are you willing to show up? Only you know. But as you consider the cost for whomever or for whatever you are choosing to show up for, I pray with every part and every fiber of my being that whomever or whatever you are choosing to show up for, that it will be a cross worth carrying. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved. <laughs>